This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. All right, let's dive into Kate Cavalli's last start in AAA. Cavalli pitched on Saturday at AAA Rochester. And in his start, he went seven innings, allowing three hits and one run, while striking out 11 and allowing two walks. Arguably his best start of the season. Seven innings and double-digit strikeouts, a Scherzerian line. But if you go back and look for the last time he gave up more than two runs, it was June 29th. And that was a three-run outing. Beyond that, I mean, you're looking for more than three runs in a start because three runs can be done in a quality start over six innings. He's given up more than three runs in a start once since May 17th. And yet, he continues to toil in the minor leagues. Now, we're going to talk a lot more about the Cavalli situation if he's not called up next week. Or I should say in our next podcast later this week. Uh, because there's so much made online about his service time. And there's just a lot of people who say a lot of things that I don't think are completely correct. What is correct is that if he is called up at this point and you potentially burn his rookie of the year status for next year, you could potentially miss out on getting draft pick compensation if he thrives at the major league level and is a rookie of the year finalist next season. Now, I would like to point out that it is unlikely that a starting pitcher would be a rookie of the year finalist unless they're just nails, which is rare. I would also tell you that pitching on a team that's not particularly good, which the Nationals aren't expected to be next year, it is really, really difficult to imagine you winning enough games, a dumb stat, but a stat that writers care about, and pitching well enough, see Josiah Gray going through growing pains and a lot of other good young starters on bad teams, the likeliness that that's even a factor is minuscule. It shouldn't be part of their conversation or considerations. But if you see people saying that Josiah Gray being, excuse me, uh, Kate Cavalli being called up now to join Josiah Gray in the rest of the rotation, that they would lose a year of eligibility or becomes a free agent a year sooner. It's just not correct from my understanding. I mean, I talked to someone directly with the organization. I have also talked to people, not on his agent's seaside, but on the agent side of the equation in baseball to confirm that I was right about this. And I have been told that if you call him up now, he would not lose this year. Super 2 status is a thing, obviously. Uh, Super 2 status Based on when a player gets promoted, you often see that teams will keep guys down at the beginning of the season. You know, for a long time, there was a date projection, like in late May. The idea being, 
I think it used to be you have to be in the top 18% of players in service time that year, and I think it's expanded now to 22% of players in terms of service time on the rookie class that year, and then you are granted basically a year closer to free agency, and you're, you're granted what is called Super 2 status. And I'll get an adult on who can explain this better who's smarter than me, but this is just based on the conversations and texts and calls I, I've made to people. And, and the idea being they are in the clear right now on Cade Cavalli in terms of that issue. Now, is there something to be said for every day you're in the major leagues is a day of service time, and so the longer you wait, theoretically, the fewer days of service time he has? Well, yeah, I guess mathematically that makes some sense, but that's not traditionally really how this has worked in the past. I would also say there's a very real conversation to be had, even beyond the point that you're not losing a year of Cade Cavalli, now calling him up in mid-August, I don't know that that's the best way to do your business as it is. Like, that can have ramifications as well. Kate Cavalli has now made 25 starts in AAA. 25. That is the equivalent of almost a full major league season's worth of outings at the AAA level, riding buses, waiting every week for his call, thinking at any moment, every time his phone rings, it could be the Nationals calling him up. And yet it never has been. And he keeps watching Paolo Espino and Anibal Sanchez and Josh Rogers and uh, Rasmo Ramirez and all these other dudes make starts at the major league level. And I just can't imagine that's good for business. Now, I would also tell you these people that'll say, well, he's not ready yet. A, you're never ready. Like that doesn't make any sense. And B, sure he is. He would be the second best pitcher at worst in their rotation right now. Does he occasionally walk too many guys? Yes. Does he occasionally throw too many balls and struggle with control and command? Yes, he does. Is he the first young pitcher who would be called up and have to fight through that and learn at the big league level and develop? Absolutely. Not. That happens all the time. It's a regular thing. He's throwing upper 90s with wipeout stuff, and he's going seven innings and punching out 11 in AAA. Look at Yoan Adone as an example, who was in the big leagues, who's not big league ready, who was not nearly as ready as Cade Cavalli is, okay? I don't care what anybody says, who had a 7-plus ERA or whatever and has gone down to AAA. He can't dream of having a 7-inning, 3-hit, 11-strikeout outing. Now, you could say Yoan Adone isn't as important as Cade Cavalli to the Nats, and you're right, but he is important. That's an arm that could be a, a arm for them for many, many years to come. So sometimes we care about readiness and sometimes we don't. Also, he's ready. And I don't even want to acknowledge the idea that he's not because it, it is a straw man kind of discussion that people like to have where if he doesn't have a great start in AAA, see, I told you, he comes up to the big leagues and he goes five innings and he gives up five runs and he walks five. See, he needed more time in the minors. And that's just not a thing. C.J. Abrams gets called up, goes 0 for 4 with a strikeout. See, they should have kept him down. No, that's not a, how this works. Juan Soto goes 0 for 4 sometimes. Josiah Gray gets rocked occasionally. Patrick Corbin gets knocked around every time he pitches. It doesn't mean they're not major league ready. Now, Corbin's a bad example because he probably is not at this point major league ready. But the point of the dude's story is there is a threshold, a bar to be cleared in terms of uh, being able to control the ball enough and throw it over the plate, ideally command the ball to have a lot of success, which young pitchers ha are always working on. And if you get over a bar where you're able to compete at the major league level, I think there's a very real conversation about allowing guys 
to finalize their development. You, you should always be developing. You're going to continue to develop at the major league level. And and the last thing I'll, I'll say that is frustrating to me is I hear people saying, well, the Nats say dot, 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 or the Nats are saying this. And I really, really like a lot of the people that make important decisions for the Nationals. Mike Rizzo on down. Player development staff, I think, is uh, underrated, to be completely honest with you. And, and I trust in some of those folks. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. But I would tell you a couple things. Just because someone's not in the big leagues does not mean that every person on those staffs doesn't think they should be. Doesn't even mean that the most powerful and influential voices on those staffs do not mean that they should be. So we shouldn't just take the result, which is that he hasn't been called to the major leagues, and say, well, clearly all the Nationals people think he's not ready. I don't buy that. There's enough dissenting opinions normally in rooms and in boardrooms about important players that I have to imagine that there's probably some conflicting conversations because there isn't much of a precedent for a guy of his caliber drafted where he was spending 25 starts in AAA. And if they would have slow played it more before they got him to AAA, okay, fine. Like you don't bump him from A plus to the big leagues, but they basically, it was like sprinting through the airport to sit on the plane for a long, long time. He got to AAA last season he should have gotten a cup of coffee in the big leagues in a controllable environment, in my opinion, pitching out of the bullpen for an inning or two as a courtesy in September when rosters expand. He should have been given that kudos, well done, we're proud of you, here's your couple of big league innings, and oh, by the way, hang out around major league relievers and benefit from being around Tyler Clippard and these guys who have been in the majors for years and enjoy our travel and eat a nice steak on the flight. This is what a big league clubhouse is like. Because that helps in development. It also it teases you a little bit. And it makes you hungrier going into the offseason. And it makes you work harder so you can get there faster so you're not hanging out in hotels in Rochester, New York. But they didn't do that. Fine. No problem. So now here we are, and it's August 16th. And if you had a rotation that was filled with guys who can get outs at the major league level and should be in the big leagues, I would care a little bit less because they're a terrible team. They're not going anywhere. And you could just keep him in the minor leagues, I suppose. But on the same night where he lowered his ERA to 1.4 over 31 innings, Anibal Sanchez lowered his ERA to 7.20 this season. Sorry about it, man. I'm not even going to go the route of, hey, the fans deserve to see him or, you know, they're paying good money, so take care of your fan base. I don't really believe in running your team that way at all. I believe in adults making adult decisions, you know, grown-ups being grown-ups and Rizzo and his crew know better than anybody else when 
Cavalli is worthy of being called to the big leagues. But I also think that this organization has been too conservative at times with how they move players along. And I've kind of made that known, and it's just a disagreement. It doesn't mean I, I, I don't believe in or trust their process necessarily or think that they're bad. It's just a philosophical disagreement. The Phillies just bumped up a teenage pitcher named Andrew Painter to double-A. He started this year in low-A. He was nails. He got an aggressive bump to A+. He's been nasty. And at 19 years old, he's now in double-A. I don't think the Nationals in a million years would do that. I don't think they would. Now, it's not like the Phillies have been incredible at developing arms either. I think it's Spencer Howard and some other guys that haven't panned out for them. They did a good job with Aaron Nola, obviously. But... I can't just sit here with a team that has not hit on enough of these arms and say, well, let's just let's just wait. Let's give the benefit of the doubt that Cade Cavalli really is just going to pe- keep pitching at AAA and get better and better. No, there's, there's nothing that could happen to him in the big leagues, in my opinion, that would lead to him crawling into the fetal position and never being the same again. I don't believe in that. He got tattooed, remember, in that minor league start at the end of uh, spring training when Supposedly, he was like on the verge of maybe making the rotation out of camp, and they went with a dome. But he gave up, I think, I don't remember, it was like 12 runs or something in a few innings. He just got absolutely obliterated by the Cardinals. Weirdly, he woke up a couple days in a row after that. You know what I mean? Weirdly, he put his pants on, and he, he somehow kept playing baseball. It's okay. It happens sometimes. So, anyway, we'll go deeper into... What I really want to have on the next podcast is someone who's an expert on like ARB stuff and on controllability so that we could talk about the specifics of Cavalli's situation because I think there's a lot of misinformation out there uh, about what would happen and how it would work if he got called up. Um, but we'll, we'll get some insight on that because I like to try to be cognizant of, of not knowing what I don't know and try to talk to someone who's an expert who's smarter than me. Um, but... You know, whether or not that's even something we should be talking about is its own discussion. Because, again, we're watching a rotation every time through where the Nats skipped Patrick Corbin because he'd been so ineffective. So that over a three-game series, by skipping him, you know, their pitchers were a combined 0-13 or something like that. And I don't really care about pitcher win-loss, but it kind of accentuates the point for me a little bit. 